Welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am joined by my co-host, Becca Harris. And before we jump into our conversation today, I wanted to share a few announcements with you. So our first announcement is about our Christmas resource video. So I put together some of our favorite kids ministry resources from community events to devotionals to advent resources and I even threw in a Christmas musical so you can head over to our YouTube channel at kids ministry circle and check that out and start planning on your Christmas fun things all the fun things that are happening at Christmas (laughs) all right let's jump in to our topic for today Becca, do you want to intro what we're talking about today? Oh, yeah. Uh, This is my favorite kind of topic, conflict. (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, my personality. Though I have a wing eight, my seven is definitely conflict avoidant. So uh, this is a good one, a good one for me, and we hope a good one for you. So, yep. So Becca and I are in, in a couple different... Facebook groups for kids ministry leaders and we interact and ask questions and answer questions and it's a great community to be in. But a lot of the questions that get asked are around conflict, conflict with coworkers, conflict with pastoral and lead staff and just questions around how do you navigate it? There's a lot of questions on people feeling like kids ministry is not resourced enough within their church. And so they're consistently fighting against, um, other leaders for budget money for building resources and for other things and that can create conflict amongst staff and um, I know from personal experience conflict often uh, seeps into the greater church community really easily and so when conflict is happening amongst staff and especially amongst smaller teams if you have a team of kids ministry leaders or a team of family ministry staff members when there's conflict in between those smaller teams it really is um, seen and felt by your greater community and so i hope that what we talk about today in this episode can really give you some practical tips to um, assess the conflict address the conflict and then start thinking of a plan and Uh, putting a plan in motion to move past the conflict. Um, And so let's jump right in. Becca, when conflict arises, what do you encourage your people? Because you lead a very large staff. And so when conflict arises between Mm -hmm. those staff members, um, what do you advise them to do first? Yeah, I think first I, you know, just kind of stop and like really assess what's, what's going on. So what what was behind the conflict, you know? Um, you know, I think our, in our fleshly moments, in our tired moments, um, we can assume the worst about someone. And so, and then we build that narrative in our mind that that must be what they were thinking or doing. And so I think it's really helpful, um, for me at least, when I, you know, feel a sense of like conflict, whether it was something that happened in a meeting, something I was told, something that, change something that didn't go the way I thought it was going to or someone didn't do what I asked them to do um 
I think it's just, if it, usually if it's anger or frustration or sadness or whatever that pops up, I need to go assess like, what is that? It is it actually something that needs to be addressed or is it something that was like, man, that was like a bad day. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time, if it's got strong feelings, I, I need to, to kind of just do that own work in, in my heart first yep. of figuring out what that is. Um, and, you know, conflict arises because we're all made different. Yes, we're sinful, and so we're going to occasionally be selfish. We're going to step on other people. We're going to be lazy, all those things. But also we're wired different. We have different passions. We have different ways we problem solve, you know, those kinds of things. And so I think that's where it's stopping and assessing to be like, oh, okay, maybe this still bothered me. But in this assessment, I'm realizing I think that's just them thinking about the problem this way. Yeah. Or I realize I took that personal because so-and-so on the other side, unrelated to this conflict, said this one time. Yep. And now yep. I think that's what this person is. And so now I'm mad when really yeah. that's, you know. No. Yeah. So I think assessing... that, that first thing is kind of stop and assess for yourself. Yeah. You know? And that's really helpful because, like, something can be so small but in your heart and in your mind, it could jump to this bigger thing. Like I, it's like if someone puts a period at the end of the sentence instead of an exclamation point, you're like, what do you, mm-hmm. what do they mean by that, by the way that they worded it on Slack or in this email or whatever. And so I think a couple of things come to mind is like having positive intent, right? We want to have positive intent about people and know that, hey, sometimes ministry seasons can be hard on everybody and not just you and being able to think outside of yourself, um, but also like assessing those big feelings, right? Those are, feelings are important and God gave us these feelings for a purpose. It's important to not let our feelings drive and allow them to be the sole reason we choose to act. Yeah, Um, yeah. But stopping to assess and also I think just bringing it to God and saying, hey, what is this that I'm feeling? Like help, like ask the Holy Spirit to help you navigate these feelings and reveal some things to you that could be causing this conflict or Mm -hmm. this assumed conflict. Um, Because there's a good chance that the person you think you have a conflict with is on the other side saying, I'm totally fine. Like I don't have any conflict with you. And you're like, but aren't you upset? And they're like, not at all. Like that, I feel like that happens so many times in <laughs> a coworker relationship. And no, I love that piece about just uh, just stopping and not not being impulsive. I think that's also a really easy reactionary thing. Is just like, oh, I'm going to go talk to them right now. And it's like mm-hmm. if you just stop and pray and assess, then I feel like you can go into the next step a little bit more calm and yeah you got your head on straight yeah and I think you're you're right Lauren like I was just thinking of like Psalm I think it's 139 23 and 24 that's just like search me and know me oh God and see if there's any offensive way in me you know just kind of that earnest prayer of like hey I'm also sinful and most conflict is not one-sided there's something on on both sides and so just doing that work with, with the Holy Spirit first. I think that also produces like some humility. Mm-hmm. I think anytime there's conflict, it's easy to start thinking of we're the victim, they're the, they're the bad guy. Um, and in reality, a lot of times it's some kind of mutual thing that needs to be worked through or narrative that needs to be processed. So just that prayer, that step is really important, I think, in being reminded that, I'm, man, I'm, I'm just as sinful. Even if 
what they did to me was was terrible and I don't mean to be dismissive of terrible things but I just think at the end of the day I, I my sin crucified Jesus yeah. and so I I can also be like hey I've been at fault yep. here too so I think just some of that that part helps produce some of that humility um yeah as you go toward that person so um yeah and reminding yourself then that this is a fellow image bearer of God, mm-hmm. you know? Like I said, they're not an enemy. They're not someone to, like, to prove or do anything, you know? The the hope is that you would be united in spirit and intent on one purpose, right? And so um, there's not a, a dominate thing that can come out here. Maybe that's just my wing eight <laughs> speaking. When I finally do want to address some conflict, I want to win <laughs> it, right? Um, but just being reminded that, like, um, this is a fellow image yep. bearer of God. Um, and so God cares about his image bearers and he cares about how I treat his image bearers. And so in the same way that I would want to be treated with humility and respect from someone who had a conflict with me, I want to do that same thing to them. Um, I want to go toward them because the end goal is like, yeah. uh, not just letting them know I was wronged, but resolution and unity, um, to come together. And, and, and that doesn't, if I yeah. come in hot, Definitely. that puts someone on their heels and they're not that is going to be a, a harder step to work through um, than if I come in uh, with more of that humility. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. That's great because it brings us into kind of our next step that we would encourage people is um, going to that person mm-hmm. with the humility. Yep. So hopefully the work that you've done behind the scenes instills some humility with you and brings things to light that are worth sharing. And so that doesn't mean that you go to the another coworker. That doesn't mean that you go to um, like your volunteer team and talk about a situation. Mm-hmm. I think you really like, and this is what Matthew eighteen talks about: is just going directly to that mm-hmm. person. And I think that's the easiest way to resolve conflict quickly. Mm-hmm is if you if you spend time talking about the conflict with all these other people you really should be just going directly to that person and i think um if you do need an outside party like if you do need some outside advice um i would encourage you to seek that guidance from someone outside of your church um whether that's a someone on staff at a different church that is your friends with or a fellow kids ministry leader somewhere else or a mentor mm-hmm. i think a parent a spouse someone that is not directly impacted by the leadership um yeah i i can just be can just be really helpful yeah i think and if that's not available then maybe just just like one person and i think what gets yeah. us in trouble is kind of like where you're hinting at like Either they need to vent or I can, let me process this with you, uh, which yeah. I think sometimes really does start innocently. You need a space to like help me think through in that assessment step. You're like, I, I need someone else to like speak into this. Um, but yeah, I think there's wisdom, like you were saying, in who you do that with, right? If I'm doing that with yeah. every person that I come across is like, did you know I have conflict? You know, I wouldn't say like that, <laughs> but I would be like, you know, for this has been an example, you know, like um, if it's you know, someone disagrees with, let's say, I don't know, the memory verse we chose, right? And they're like, I wish it would have been this, but it's this. And maybe a volunteer or someone is like, man, why did we choose this memory verse? And the person's quick to go, 
you know, something like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't really choose it. I was forced to do it. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. Already that starts to do a fracture of unity. Or yes. if I'm, maybe I'm on a team and we're working through something and we are planning something and there were two ideas and we went with one and I, you know, in my frustration, cause I was really bought into that other idea. I sit down with a coworker and I'm like, I can't believe we went with the other idea. They always do that to me. They always, you know, like whatever. Cause maybe that's what I'm feeling. Maybe that's the thing I actually need to address. But now I've started building a narrative in someone else's head mm-hmm. of, yeah, that person does steamroll us. They never listen. Yep. Uh, and then there, you know, it just, and if I do that with someone else, then now I've kind of built this perception of this person I've talked about. Whereas rather yeah. than saying, if I came to, you know, someone who was like, Hey, I had a really hard day at work today because this happened, this happened. We chose this idea. My feelings were hurt. Can you help me think through this? And I'm not, now I'm, my processing is not painting that person in a terrible light. Yep. It may yeah. say, I feel like they always do that. Do you notice that in my life? Have you noticed anything about that? Do you think that could be true? Um, because my next step is going to be to go to that person. Um, but I think sometimes in that processing vein or that venting vein, um, we think we're actually getting it off our chest because there's a little bit of like reprieve, but we aren't actually coming to any resolution in the conflict. In fact, we're only sowing seeds of, of more conflict down the road. So, yeah, I think there's a difference of talking about the situation and talking about a person. Yeah. I feel like when you talk about a person, it can really quickly turn into gossip and you where you can address the situation without talking about the person and leaning into a practice of gossip and so I think going back to our second step of addressing the person with humility it's hey making sure you're talking to them Mm -hmm. and Maybe addressing them in front of everybody is not the right step, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want to make it a public trial of sorts in front of your other staff, but either saying, hey, can we talk in a conference room? Can we grab lunch? Can we grab coffee? Whatever makes the most sense for the dynamic. Um, And then just being, I think being honest and kind of like what Becca said a while ago was you don't want to come in hot, right? You want to come and say, hey, this happened. My feelings were hurt. Here's my emotions and my thought process and that takes a lot of vulnerability and that can be really scary at Mm -hmm. times um to share openly with someone i think uh when we talk about a boss employee relationship when we talk about that dynamic um i've seen a lot of people be unwilling to share honestly because they fear they're going to lose their job and i'm here to encourage you Mm. that being open and honest with your boss it really does make that relationship that much stronger. Um, and I, that's like, I highly recommend that. I feel like early in my ministry career, I had that same fear of like not being open and honest with my direct boss or pastor or whatever position that I was in because I wanted it to, I wanted to look like I was, like a good employee, right? That nothing was ruffling my feathers and that I was going with the flow and that I was leading well and doing all these things. But actually, when you are honest and when you are open and when you say even things that you disagreed on and say, hey, I wish we did it this way or I wish we did it that way, um, I think that can really allow that relationship and that working relationship and friendship to just 
um, expand into a really sweet opportunity um, for the greater staff. So, yeah. I mean, we would encourage that in any other relationship, whether it was a right. marriage or a friendship, right? We wouldn't say just smile and nod because <laughs> there would be no depth in that yeah. friendship. Uh, but And we would also encourage no, no exploding, um, even though that does happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think, you know, yeah, like what we were saying is in, in that time when you're coming in, if you're, you're seeking understanding, like, mm-hmm. so you, it takes vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there to be understood. So you're explaining like, hey, this hurt my feelings. Maybe I'm building a narrative that it, it, in my mind, I'm beginning to build this narrative that you guys don't care about kids ministry. Right. And I don't want to do that because I don't think that's true as our pastor, but that's what's starting to happen. So can you help me understand this or, yeah. you know, and so I think even as you start talking about the conflict and going to that person, you're not only expressing how you were hurt and being vulnerable, but I think the next step is like understanding, try and seek to understand where they came from, where yeah. are they coming from? So maybe they're making that decision and you're saying, feels like you guys don't care about kids ministry because you never give us money um or you know it seems like you always give money to this thing first mm-hmm. um and and so i'm building this narrative that you don't like that can you help me under can you just help me understand maybe your thoughts your processes because i want to be on the same team as you and i know the enemy would love to come in and make us like think we're doing yep. different things and at best run in lanes next to each other instead of working together yeah um and so just knowing that when you go into that one-on-one meeting and, and you, you do the step of being vulnerable and then the next step is not to defend yourself, but to understand the other person's yeah. uh, where they're coming from. Because I think yeah. I told my boys all the time, my boys would say I have a few sayings in our household. And one of them was always be teachable, not defensive. Yep. Um, and so if you come in ready to defend yourself, I'm not saying be walked on. That's not what we talk about. But I think when you come in hot or with a defense or whatever, it's what is there to be learned. But when you come in, even if you are right about what you're saying, you still want to come in in a teachable manner, mm-hmm. come in because that is the kind of manner that one you grow from, but two might actually help you lead up in a way. So mm-hmm. as the pastor may be explaining, so your boss may be explaining why this money wasn't coming through the way it was. You may be like, Oh, I didn't know that was the thing we were dealing with. Or they might say, you know, I've never thought about how much these things cost for you. Let me revisit this. Yeah. You know, maybe there was understanding they needed on their part. So I yep. think that that seeking to understand their viewpoint in that time more than arguing and being defensive about yours will go a long way in that yeah. time. So I think that's I think that's a great point of seeking to understand because I can't tell you how many times a conversation was happening that I was not in as a kids ministry director there was so much happening that I just didn't know about. And I just, conversations that I wasn't in, conversations with elders and lead team members and pastoral staff that I was, I didn't have a seat at the table. And that's okay because you can't sit at every table. And, and so there were a lot of situations where I did have to seek to understand of, hey, let me, like, let me into why you made this decision. And just from, I think, in my experience, it was always like, I trust this decision. I trust the leadership and I trust the elders. But can you just explain to me so that one, we can be unified moving forward and that I can just have a deeper understanding so that I can further support a decision that was made. And so it doesn't have to be this long drawn out conflict. You could just be like, hey, can you just explain to me a little bit 
this happened. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't in the meeting. I wasn't there. Can you just explain to me the process behind it? And, um, I think that could go a long way mm-hmm. within the church staff dynamic because there's always things that are happening that you don't know about. And mm-hmm. instead of, instead of fighting for a seat at the table, what it, what would it look like for you to just fight for understanding and mm-hmm. for, and just trust that like, Hey, God has placed these leaders in my life for a reason. And I have a, I have this boss in this season of my life and I am called to trust them. And, mm-hmm. um, like hopefully that you can see the fruit of their relationship with Jesus. And so, um, you can continue to walk in faith knowing that God is working in and through them that ultimately trickles down into your leadership and your ministry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that kind of coming back to, I think you were saying at the beginning, like positive intent. It's that like assuming the best about them too. Like yep. um, when you're seeking to understand that, that mentality, that's like, I'm also assuming that you're not a malicious person who's trying to bring back down kids ministry or make my life terrible, you know? Yep. Um, and so I think that kind of deference goes a long way in conflict resolution as well. So, yep. um, and I think that works whether it's your boss or your your best bud at work, you know, your mm-hmm. peer, if you're like the elementary director and you and the preschool director don't get along or the students director or, um, you know, whatever that might be. Um, these are all kind of really helpful, helpful things. But Lauren, what about when it's not just like a one-time incident, your thing you're working through, maybe there's been some repeated patterns that finally gets brought forward and you kind of don't know what, now you've addressed the conflict, but there is a part of you that's like, is how are we going to move forward from here? So like, um, not every conflict needs this, but I was going to ask you this question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, but I think this, this happens often or a couple times where a conflict happens or, and you address it and you do all the right things. And, but then there's, like you said, a pattern and there's certain behaviors, um, that you disagree with or, Whatever's the scenario, right? There's so many different scenarios when it comes to church conflict. And I think step one still applies, right? If this conflict is a pattern, you can stop and assess and say, hey, why is this impacting me? Like you can kind of get a feel, maybe not, you don't need to go to all these people, but say, hey, are other, like think about if other people are also bothered by this action. Um, And I do think when conflict is a pattern and when things are happening over and over again or if you came to a conclusion and you figured out a way to resolve it but then you see things happen again um, I think it's okay to bring somebody else in and to either bring your boss or another pastor on staff Um, I would maybe shy away from bringing in a peer um, because that can easily feel like two against one Um, and being that defensive, um, but I would bring in some like a pastor or or someone above you. And I think this is also a really great way to bring in an elder mm-hmm. and just fill them in, and then help like work together to address the conflict as a whole. And so I do think that is okay. Like if you feel like if you feel like there's conflict happening and you're like, oh, but I don't want to tattle. Um, I feel like if you've done the work of assessing the feelings, mm-hmm. going directly to that person, having a conversation, 
and nothing's changed, I think it's okay to go um, and bring somebody else in the into the conversation. And I don't, I don't feel yeah. like that is tattling. Now, Becca, Becca gave a good example before we recorded of if her employees and her staff came to her, but had not done the work beforehand, she would say, no, no, turn like turn around and go try and work it out between the two of you. Um, because I think that first step matters and is important in the conflict yeah. resolution process before you just turn around and say, well, somebody else needs to decide how this conflict's being resolved. Um, cause everyone is an adult and everyone can make decisions on their own. Um, but I do think Becca, in some circumstances, it's okay to bring in a third. Yeah. Place. And I think again, like we were talking about with the processing earlier, be discreet on who that is, be wise on who that is. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't be like testing out to see who that is and sharing with five to 10 people. Um, remember yeah. we're not trying to build a narrative or a case. We're trying to seek understanding we're trying to resolve a conflict to get to unity. And so, um, so yeah, that next step is, is there. And then I think if you get to, you know, sometimes there can be conflict that is just hard. Maybe you're kind of through the conflict. You're realizing, man, we actually really believe differently. You know, like, for example, if I was uh, at a church and they were just like, hey, we just, I mean, I don't, you know, we just feel like we're not going to, do any Sunday morning programming. We're just going to hire childcare workers. We just don't feel like that's how we want to spend our resources. And we went back and forth. I explained my passion and vision. They explained why. And there's kind of like a, this is where we are at a, st- a standoff. Again, with humility and deference, I'm not like, you're wrong, you know, but I am in my mind going, okay, we are, we have two different visions and strategies here. And then I kind of yeah. just begin to say, and do I still feel called to this location? It's not, it's not yep. always. I think sometimes we are easily to go, well, it's because they're sinful and arrogant and small-minded. M- maybe. That does happen because there are just like I can be sinful and arrogant and small-minded too. But sometimes it is just like a difference of vision. Like it's just like, mm-hmm. hey, we just don't, that's just not in our vision here. And so then I think you can begin to wrestle through instead of trying to plow through and make your thing the thing start wrestling are you called here then um is god changing is he moving that because we see him use conflict even in the even in the new testament with with paul and barnabas and you know and then and over john mark and it actually ministry ends up multiplying from it god still used that conflict that that difference of opinions and difference of ministry strategy to expand and so i'm not saying every conflict is is awesome and we should always you know, it's all not a, a part of sin. I think sin can be a part of that. But I also know that God works in those situations. And sometimes that might be his means mm-hmm. of moving you along or moving someone else along. And that's okay, too. Um, I think sometimes when we feel like there's conflict, I know for me, again, conflict avoidant. If I can't resolve it um, in the way that I think it should be resolved, that always feels like a failure. And I just have to be reminded that if I'm faithful to follow the steps they're listed in the Bible of reconciliation, faithful to humbly walk in, um, he, you know, in, in humility and, and assuming the best about someone as I'm addressing things, then I can trust God with the outcome, whether it's the outcome I wanted or mm-hmm. not, you know, so. Yep. So I think recapping, I feel like we said a lot of things about conflict, but I don't know, as we were talking, I was like, oh, this really narrows down to walking in step with the spirit. And 
like mm-hmm. continuing to listen where he's guiding and how he's pointing him like how the spirit is continuing to point us back to who Jesus is and how Jesus walked yep. the earth and how he acted and how he uh, was humble and kind and gracious and all of these things that we can look to to um, try and replicate as we are walking and serving alongside fellow image bearers. And so um, kind of to do more more practical recap would be like to stop and assess, assess those feelings. Um, don't let the feelings drive, but they're important and they're valid. And you can consider how um, whatever stirred up in you, you can assess that. Um, and then going to that person and having the conversation with humility, seeking to understand, um, asking for clarification, all of those things um, are important in that conversation. And then um, kind of a two part of what happens if the conflict doesn't resolve, bring in that third party, assess if this is where you are still called to. Um, and then the second part would be kind of make a plan to move forward. You resolved a conflict. Maybe you need some space. Mm-hmm. Maybe if feelings were really hurt and you just say, Hey, like let's work on different projects for a couple weeks or just allowing each other some space to rebuild trust and rebuild that friendship. Um, and then just hopefully continuing to move forward with unity and um, knowing that you've worked hard together to continue that friendship and continue that working relationship. Uh, Becca, would you add anything else? I think um, the only other thing I would just kind of recap in that is that most of the time conflict when handled in a healthy way actually deepens trust and deepens relationships. Yeah. Uh, This is me telling myself that uh that it's like worth doing the work right but it is usually when it's handled in a healthy way um i know we're probably all thinking of examples where it hasn't been handled healthily but when it does get handled healthily it actually builds trust and camaraderie uh, which actually makes your team stronger which makes you more united um less fearful when there's conflict again because you kind of know how you each of you will respond um, and so just kind of want to remind everyone that, that conflict also can produce a depth of relationship that when there's absence mm-hmm. of conflict, you just sometimes don't get. Yep. Yep. That's so good. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this conversation or maybe not loved because it was conflict, but if you appreciated this conversation <laughs> on conflict, uh, don't forget to subscribe, comment, rate our podcast. Uh, cause that helps us. Um, get to other people and for other people to see these important conversations that we're having. If you would like to keep the conversation going or learn more about Kids Ministry Circle, you can find us over on Facebook and Instagram at Kids Ministry Circle or online at kidsministrycircle.com. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next time. Bye guys. Have a good day.